You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday, a very happy Wednesday, because the Pelicans got a win over the Portland Trailblazers, Carmelo Anthony's debut, not just his debut, but a starting nod for him, 115-104, we're going to take a look at this game, how'd it look, how they pulled this one out, who played well, all of that, and then we're going to maybe take a deeper look, a little bit longer, on Kenrich Williams in the third segment because he's been big for this Pelicans team. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So it was a 115-104 win for your New Orleans Pelicans, getting three straight at home now in the Smoothie King Center, writing their record a little bit. They're 5-9. and nine. That is a far cry from the 1-7 they were and feeling a whole bunch better after this game. This is a good win. This is against a Trailblazers team that has struggled, but at times look like they might be able to provide matchup troubles for New Orleans. We'll go into some of those and why they kind of overcame this and how their game plan really put Portland in a bind, got them down, especially in the third quarter after being down a point at halftime, but winning the third quarter 25 to 35, they were able to basically just kind of cruise from there on out. Portland made it a little bit nerve wracking towards the end, but not enough where you could say they were back in the game and the Pelicans cruised. Help that Damian Lillard was out for the Portland Trailblazers by this one. By the numbers, looking at the box score, Brandon Ingram back into the starting lineup after being listed as questionable the past couple of games. 34 minutes on the night for him. The shooting wasn't quite there. 8 of 20 from the field, just 1 of 5 from deep. But he gave you 21 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists overall pretty good uh, debut, debut, second debut for the team coming back from that injury. Kenrich Williams in the starting lineup. We'll look at him more in depth in the four, in the third segment here, but eight points on the night, 13 rebounds for him. He was active early and making his presence felt in this one, grabbing a steal and then getting an offensive rebound on basically the opening possessions of the game. Jackson Hayes getting the start still with Jaleel Okafor out. He should probably be the backup center for this team behind Derek favors who did not play in this one either Jackson Hayes in 20 minutes of action nine points seven rebounds he was three of eight from the field here's the thing just two fouls for him this could have been a tough matchup for him Hassan Whiteside is a center that can throw him around maybe do what he wants against him I don't like Hassan Whiteside much at all as a player but he could provide some bulk problems let's call it for Jackson Hayes Hayes held his own seven boards against um, uh, Hassan Whiteside very very good. And the way they used him offensively, we'll look at it in the next segment. But in the pick and roll, he caused all sorts of problems for this Blazers defense. Really opened things up for almost everyone else on the court for the Pelicans. J.J. Redick, 18 points on the night, continuing his hot shooting from deep. 4 of 9 from 3-point range, 44.4%. 6 of 12 from the field overall. 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 0 turnovers. He is a sharp shooter, and when Drew gets him the ball, you've got to feel that good things are going to happen. Drew Holiday in this one. 
Very good night for him. 22 points, 10 of 18 shooting, just one of four from deep. That's okay. We'll forgive it. Five rebounds, 10 assists, five turnovers. You can live with those turnovers if he's playing that aggressive Drew Holiday that we want to see from him. He was in that mode in this game, and it really opened things up. Off the bench, Nicolo Melli got in on the action and made his presence felt 14 points on the night for the older rookie of the team, but just four of 10 from the field, one of six from deep, but he got to the free throw line five times, grabbed six rebounds, four assists, and three steals. He was impactful. Nikhil Alexander-Walker in 15 minutes of action, just three points for him, four rebounds, played fewer, didn't have a shot going, one of six from the field. Each one more, also off the bench, five of 12, finished with 11 points on the night, four rebounds. Kind of working off the perimeter and rolling a little bit too. Got a nice feed from Drew Holiday for an easy bucket. He's good in that role off the bench. If you can maybe play him less than 21 minutes, that'd be good too. But you still had a couple of guys in Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball out in the backcourt, meaning some of those minutes are going to get passed around a little bit more. Frank Jackson making his return from injury a little bit over 19 minutes in this game. Nine points on the night, two of four from deep, three of four from the line. That's a big stat for him. Two rebounds and just one turnover. The corner threes that he hits, that's going to keep him around in the NBA for a very, very long time. We saw more above the break threes from him last year and in summer league and preseason, but overall in the, the half of summer league that he played. Um, but if he can hit those corner threes and he's been doing that better this year than at any point in his career, that's really good. You need someone in the short corner to be that anchor to space the court. And if you can do it like he's doing, you've got a role on this team. The free throws are good because it shows he's attacking and getting to the line and getting to the rim. Something that not a ton of the Pelicans guards do. Drew Holiday does it. Nikhil Alexander-Walker does it on occasion, though he doesn't finish particularly great around there, though we've looked at that. But he doesn't mind going and driving and attacking. That is how you can break down a defense, create for others that way too. And I think it's a really good thing to see from him. So overall, great night from him in limited minutes off the bench. For the Blazers, Carmelo Anthony made his debut after signing with them earlier that day wearing double zero, which I saw the best joke I saw about the double zero number was they are handing out numbers based off of the defensive rating in NBA 2K. Carmelo with the double zero there. He did not have a good game. Even I got kind of hyped up for this one, seeing him out there on the court. And I'm not a big mellow guy. Like the style, his style of game, I don't really care for. But I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Everyone knows who he is. He's still kind of a cool player. In 23 and a half minutes of action, he was 4 of 14 from the field, 2 of 3 from deep, 10 points on the night, 4 rebounds, 0 assists, 5 turnovers, and was a negative 20. Again, I don't like individual plus minus out of context in games, but a negative 20 when no one else was even close to that. Kent Bazemore off the bench was negative 10. That's the next closest. Probably says a little bit of something. He wasn't particularly good in this one. Without Damian Lillard, the Blazers just didn't have enough offensive punch and running Carmelo Anthony into ISO situations. His usage rate, by the way, in this game, higher than any single season he's had in his career. That's not the most efficient way to use him. He was over. 0 for 0 at the free throw line, which is the main reason they're bringing him in. Scoring isn't the problem. It's getting to the free throw line and making foul shots is the problem. He 
didn't give them any of that. He also got blocked heavily by Jackson Hayes in that game. By the way, Jackson Hayes, I forgot to mention, uh, had three blocks on the night. That is a very good performance from him. Melo didn't do much. Hassan Whiteside puts up very nice-looking numbers, 14 points, four, 14 rebounds, and has like almost no impact whatsoever on the game. C.J. McCollum, 22 points, but largely kept in check with Drew Holiday guarding him. 9 of 22 from the field, 41%. They just didn't have the scoring prowess, and you could very clearly see it. Once New Orleans got a big lead in this one, they just had to cruise, and they did. They were up by as many as 17 and kind of played their style a little bit. Just limited Portland in terms of points in the paint. Only 38 from them. Helps when you don't have bigs that can really do a whole lot of damage down low. They limited their turnovers, just 13 on the night. Got enough in the fast break, 14 points. Well, maybe having a few too many live balls turnovers that led to fast break points for Portland kind of limited enough of the second chance points even though it was 14 and you saw the defensive rebounding be a bit of an issue in this game but Whiteside can kind of be a bit of a problem he grabbed four offensive boards by himself Nasser Little grabbed four as well Drew Holiday by the way put him on a poster and overall it was just fine they were better than this really struggling Portland team without their best player you should get a win they did get a win I was really happy with that. Can't really say much more. Good job, Pelicans, getting a victory at home. So we'll look a little more in-depth at the game that Jackson Hayes had, what he did to the defense in the pick-and-roll. Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick, and Nicolo Melli, among some others as well. But before we get to that, today's show brought to you by Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Audible com slash locked on NBA and if you're listening to this show on the go you can and you can't visit audible right now you can find this and all other offers from locked on sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers so let's take a look at Jackson Hayes he got his second start here last night against the Portland Trailblazers in a game that could have been really rough on him Hassan Whiteside though maybe the least impactful starter and highly paid guy in the NBA can still be a problem to handle for a rookie center who struggled rebounding in with defense. Whiteside can just post him up and try and score on him down low. And he did to a certain degree, five of seven from the field, uh, four, four from the line and finished with 14 points in the night while grabbing four offensive rebounds. But those numbers don't really tell the story because Whiteside was rough on the defensive side of the ball. And that was because of the positions that Jackson Hayes was putting himself in. I talked about it on yesterday's podcast and the day before. The way he moves around the basket in the dunker spot, curling around to come from the top of the restricted area after someone drives and just the innate spacing that he gets and knows his role or understands his role of what he does when a guy like Drew Holiday drives is opening up the floor for these other guys. It's made a big difference for Drew Holiday and the effectiveness of his drives. You saw Hassan Whiteside at times not leave Jackson Hayes to go guard or and, and rotate over to defend Drew Holiday because he knew that Hayes was going to be wide open and be able to slam it down with either an alley-oop or a putback. Very simple, and he was scared of that all night, and it made him tentative on defense. It allowed Drew Holiday to score that way. It allowed Jackson Hayes to do some easy things at the backside of the basket during this when he was kind of hesitant and then decided he should go cover Drew Holiday a little late. 
that type of positioning really opens things up. And if you saw his screens out there on the perimeter in pick and roll situations, he is going to be a beast. You can tell this guy has just an unbelievable ceiling and potential. Oh my God, I'm watching the Lakers game right now. And Kyle Kuzma just took a shot to an, uh, his eye and it is all sorts of bloody and bruised and is kind of scary looking. He's going, I think, right to the locker room. Sorry, that made me like when blood's coming out of your eye, I'm going to take a, a stop and look here. Um, and so anyway, uh, on, on the perimeter, the screens he sets are really good. You've got to look at the space he creates for these guards when they're going downhill to the basket based off of that screen. It makes him a little late rolling to the basket and not say on the same level as a guy like Drew Holiday is a step behind him because that screen was so hard and he's staying in the middle there and has a good center of gravity and is setting a good solid pick that Holiday has so much room to just go. And it's really opening up the court for some of these drivers in Frank Jackson, Drew Holiday, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Most players don't set good screens like that this early on in their career. He definitely is. And it also makes him just a pain to handle. Knowing that there's going to be that kind of space there when Drew Holiday goes, if they switch the big onto him, it's toast. He's either going to score and the big's not going to be able to keep up with him because there's enough space between them. And they did a good job highlighting this on the broadcast. And then if they do decide to go cover him, Jackson Hayes, you give him a little bit of room, you can throw him up a lob and he can flush that thing down. He was awesome in this game. The numbers don't necessarily bear out the impact that he had. Just nine points on the night, three of eight from the field. But little things like that, the spacing, the positioning, are allowing him to make big impacts on offense. Four offensive rebounds doesn't hurt either. And three defensive boards, that needs to get a little bit better. But Whiteside was a bit of a problem there for him. That'll come with time with more strength. You saw him at one point get the ball tied up and Whiteside just ripped it out of his hands. Yeah, it's probably not the way you want to go. And you need to get stronger and do that. And he gets tied up a little too easy when he's attacking and he's not able to kind of overpower some of these smaller guys. But he's going to get there. And when he does get that strength and fills his frame out more, look out NBA. Now that kind of screen setting really does open up the game for Drew Holiday. He was awesome in this one, taking 18 shots and being that aggressive Drew Holiday that we all want to see from him. If you look at his shot chart, it's a couple of threes above the break and then him going right at the rim and trying to score. Basically, most of his made baskets were down there in the restricted area, not just in the paint, but in the restricted area. And he had that freedom to drive and attack because of the screens that Jackson Hayes was setting. It opens his game a lot. And we've seen how important it is for Drew Holiday to be aggressive and to attack and how it opens up for others and creates for others as well. And when that's the case, this team is good and they win games. If you look at Drew Holiday in the wins versus the losses, there is a stark difference right there. But Drew Holiday, when he can just be himself, which maybe means he just needs a good screen to create a little bit of space, is going to be a very, very effective player, the guy we all thought he was going to be. Being that aggressive, created for others, it's one of the reasons J.J. Reddick's able to knock down the shots that he has. It's what makes this offense really work in the half court. Thank you again, Jackson Hayes. Also, thank you for Drew Holiday for just realizing that and knowing you need to attack. A guy off the bench who had a pretty good game in this one was Nicolo Melli, a guy who's been in the doghouse for a period of time. Out of the doghouse, I'm not sure because they trusted him or if it was more, we need to get him minutes because the rest of our team is hurt and he's a big, and it might be that. 
he was pretty good in this one. 14 points on the night, being aggressive, driving, getting to the rim, and getting fouled and going to the line, chipping in some rebounds, six of those, four assists, four of 10 from deep. He has looked very passive early on throughout this season, like he doesn't have much confidence. But you're seeing this confidence slowly start to come back, even if he had a poor shooting night. Four of 10 from the field is not great. One of six from deep isn't great. But again, he's able to impact the game in ways that are a really big thing. Again, four offensive rebounds for him, two defensive for six total. He hadn't done that before because he just stood on the perimeter and was passive. Now that he found that confidence again, you're seeing him impact the score sheet in other ways. I think that's a big thing. You need well-rounded guys to put around a guy like Drew Holiday, who's going to be your main go-to, your creator, and you need to fix this rebounding. If you can go out and fix some of the scoring issues with offensive rebounds, great. Getting an extra rebound or two from your bigs, from other guys on the roster, that's really going to help because it ends possessions. Good job from him on the night. You had to be really happy with that. Overall, can't really complain about much of what we saw from the team in this game. And I mentioned we were going to talk about Kenrich Williams, who played almost 34 minutes in this one, putting up just eight points. It doesn't feel like a lot, right? But this is a dude that you need to get on the bandwagon about because he is a damn basketball player and a good one and an impactful one. And let's look at him coming up in the third segment in just a moment. Before we get to that, though, today's show also brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Attention past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You got extra holiday spending money. If you lose... Congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give you all of your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to sports bet but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code LOCK on NBA and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. You're double dipping here. It's Thanksgiving. You should let me repeat. That is a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't not lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play you win, you get paid. So Kenrich Williams, Kenny Hustle, and a guy who is now maybe a fan favorite in New Orleans if he wasn't already, and he should be, because he has been good for the team this year. Getting him into the starting lineup, and I don't know if you can do that long term, has proven to pay some dividends for New Orleans here. He just does everything you want out of a basketball player just a guy who does those dirty work things who shoots enough from three to keep defenses honest and make you not feel miserable about the offensive production he gives you and just contributes like I don't know other ways to put it and it's maybe summed up by if you look at some of the advanced stats you have offensive rating defensive rating and the net rating right now the Pelicans which is your offensive rating minus your defensive rating obviously you want that to one to be higher than the other the Pelicans have a negative net rating of negative 
negative 2.9. That's not good. Ideally, you want that to be around six plus if you're a championship contender. Pelicans far cry from that. And if you look at the net rating for players on this team, you have Jackson Hayes at one, Nikhil Alexander-Walker at two, and then Kenrich Williams at three with a positive net rating of 4.8. That's very good. It's an offensive rating of 111.4 and a defensive rating of 106.6. That is a good player right there who contributes If you look at his defensive rebounding percentage, defensive rebounding, which has been a big problem for New Orleans this year at times, he's right up there with everyone else, only behind Derek Favors, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Jaleel Okafor, and then you have Kenrich Williams. He fixes a lot of the problems that this team has. He's also a pretty solid offensive rebounder. Again, for a non-big, there's Derek Favors, Hayes, and Okafor are the only guys ahead of him. He's grabbing 6.6 of all available rebounds that are in turning, or all of the all potential offensive rebounds. He doesn't turn the ball over pretty much at all, and he's an E-field goal percentage of 54%. Dude has just been good this year there is no other way to put it and it's been kind of impressive you need a guy like this I think on every sort of team he's hitting 32.6 percent of his threes so nothing outstanding but enough and it doesn't feel like when he has a bad game offensively that he isn't contributing whatsoever like we've seen from Nicolo Melli say earlier on this year and Kenrich Williams on the season is averaging 6.2 points per game along with 5.5 rebounds and doing that in just 24 minutes worth of action but with a really low usage rate he doesn't need the ball in his hands he's happy to just go out and do a bunch of these things in fact he's got the second to last usage rate only above Zylan Chatham who's on a two-way contract so essentially he has the lowest usage rate of all players on the team and he's able to contribute if you have four guys who can really score the rock out there on the court Kenridge is maybe your good fifth guy who can just do all these other things and doesn't need the ball and can still contribute and help you win and it bears it out in the numbers and it bears it out when you watch him play guy has been really really good this year there's almost no other way to put it I've been very impressed with him and he does well in a pretty fast pace that New Orleans wants to run very cool to see he was big in this one grabbing on the night I think it was 14 rebounds 13 rebounds including a couple of offensive boards as well that's the type of production you need from him keeping possessions alive just chasing down some of those rebounds he shouldn't be getting making hustle plays Kenny hustle after all and that can help contribute to a team's culture Drew Holiday said it after the game against the Blazers Kenrich Williams is the heart and soul of this Pelicans team that is a hell of a compliment from the team leader right there and it shows you just how valuable his contributions are on a night in night out basis really great season from Kenrich Williams it's been kind of awesome to see him blossom into this guy be a starter though he won't remain a starter for the entirety of the time but taking advantage of the moment doing exactly what he needs to do Very, very cool to see. So thank you all for listening. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Another game on Thursday as the Pelicans travel to take on the Suns. We'll get the preview for that tomorrow as we gear up for a week from today at home in the Smoothie King Center, the Anthony Davis return game. We're going to spend a lot of time on that next week, but we've got more to cover this week in the meantime. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Leave a five-star review. Helps keep this free in five days a week for you all. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 